0: Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. Well, I do want to remind you that we are doing our Sherlock Holmes book giveaway, Go to giveaway.greatdetectives.net to enter. It is free to enter, and you can gain extra entries by helping out the show on social media. A full list of available ways to enter are available at giveaway.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it is time for this week's episode of Philo Vance. The original air date, July the 5th, 1949, and the title is The White Murder Case.
1: Mink, daddy, it's got to be blonde.
2: Or you don't want it.
1: Well, now, Ricky, let's not go to extremes. But you did promise it to me, didn't you, daddy?
2: Yeah, sure, and if everything works out, you'll get it. Blonde, to match your hair.
1: In that case, my hair stays the color it is. How'd you like me a redhead, daddy?
2: Who knows? I want to know where Harry is. I sent him out an hour ago
1: you think you'd want to be alone with me. you lots of men Look, who...
2: baby, go run away someplace and hide till I look for you. I got a big deal cooking, the biggest thing I ever tried to do. I don't think too good with a dame on my mind or my lap. Get off!
1: Well, I like that.
2: <sighs> you got me smelling like a beauty parlor.
3: Boss, I got to talk to you. I've been waiting
2: for you, Harry. Come on in. Goodbye, baby. Mm.
1: Far be it for me to interrupt an important business conference.
2: Goodbye, baby.
1: Okay, Ricky, I'm going. Uh, that mink, Daddy. Just make sure it's blonde, will you?
3: Well, Harry, what is it? What goes on? Boss, that extortion we got with Peter White is off. He's hot as a two bit pistol. I'm listening. I just trailed the guy White like you told me to. You wanted to know everything he did today. Okay, so there I am trailing him, and where do you think he goes? How would I know? He goes right to the office of Philo Vance, that's where. Philo Vance, the private investigator? couldn't be two guys with that name. And and Vance is one guy I don't want to mess with. He's too smart, boss. You know that. Sure,
2: he's smart, Harry. But
3: I've had this racket planned for too long to let
2: any one guy spoil it. We're going through with it, Vance or no Vance.
3: Well, if this guy White has high, Vance, you still think you can put the heat on him? That's right. That's
2: what I think.
3: Oh, but boss, we're putting our head in a sling. We can't grab Peter White with Vance around.
2: That's just the point, Harry. You and I will see that Vance isn't around.
3: hiding in back of these bushes with no idea of why. Ain't my idea of fun. Tell me what this is all about. Just as soon you saw, Harry. You sure this is Vance's house? This is Vance's house. He ain't home. He's still back here any minute. What goes on,
2: Ricky? We don't want him around when we get that dough from Peter White, do we? No. We're gonna do that later tonight, but we're just gonna make sure Vance won't interfere. We're going to kidnap him first. Oh, boy. It guarantees
3: our operating without interference, Harry. We gotta do it. Well, is it all right with you if I say I don't like say it? Say whatever you... Hey, there's a car pulling up. Yeah, and that's Vance in
2: it. That's Vance getting out of it. You ready, Harry? My gun is, if that's what you mean. That's what I mean, all right.
4: Okay, this is it. Hold it, Vance. There's still... Well, good evening. Aren't you two a little out of your territory? Guns and handkerchiefs over faces belong exclusively in Western movies, don't they? Maybe. Maybe we're looking for a screen test. Okay, Harry, the blindfold. Right. Perhaps I'm only a disinterested party in this endeavor, but I might like to know what's going on regardless. Yeah, I got the blindfold on, boss. The gag, Harry. Really, now, let's stop this melodramatic... That's enough.
2: Now, Vance, you're entitled to know this much. We're going to stuff cotton in your ears so you can't see anything, you can't hear anything, and you can't do any talking. Then we're driving you somewhere, only you won't have any idea where, and we're holding you overnight. And in the morning, we let you go with no harm done. Nod your head if you follow us. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Let's walk back to your car, Vance. You'll never know where you're being taken, so you'll never be able to track us down. But you won't be hurt, so if you're as smart as people say, you won't try to find out who we are. Harry, you drive. And don't go over 30. All right. Let's not get any speed cop on your trail. You know where to go. Yeah, sure, boss.
3: Let me squeeze in there first.
2: (laughs) Now you, Vance, go on in. Mm -hmm. That's being smart. Now, me. And now let's go, Harry. Sure. You see, Harry,
3: no trouble. No trouble at all.
2: (laughs) Pull it up to the curb right here, eh? I'll get the cotton out of Vance's ears.
3: Okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: Good. Now, Vance, listen. We're leaving the blindfold on, but I'm jamming your
3: hat over your eyes like this.
2: <clears throat> now i remove the gag.
4: I imagine we might be seen by people, and that's the reason you're doing this. You've got a good imagination. Thank you. What happens after we get wherever it is you're taking me?
2: We're there now. You stay here overnight, and in the morning we let you go. But first, we'll bandage your eyes, and in fact, your whole head, and take you out of here in a private ambulance. After
4: we dump you, you'll have no idea of where you've been. (laughs) Believe me, you won't. Very well, if you say so. Under the conditions you've outlined, I can't see how I could very well know
3: where I've been now, could I? Boss, I don't like the way he said that. This Vance is too smart. I told you he was. I guess he thinks so, too.
2: Well... He'll have all night to figure out how smart he really is.
1: Hello, Philo, Vance's office.
5: Hello, Vance, come in yet? This is Markham.
1: Oh, hello, Mr. Markham. No, we haven't heard from him. His secretary, Miss Deering, has gone up to his apartment to see what she might find out there.
5: It's quite urgent I talk to him. Oh, you know, this isn't like Vance. Oh, no, sir, it's
1: not. I'll have him phone you morning, the minute. Anderson. Oh, he's here now, Mr. Markham. Just a minute.
5: Markham on the phone for me.
4: I'll take it in my private office. Oh,
1: just a minute, please, Mr. Markham. Mr. Vance will pick up his
4: call. I've got it, Miss Anderson.
1: All right, Mr. Vance.
4: Hello, Markham.
5: Vance, where have you been? This is the third time I've tried to reach you this morning.
4: Well, I had a rather unusual experience last night, Markham. I was kidnapped. But I don't know why or by whom. Kidnapped. Don't let it concern you. I've been released and I'm completely unharmed... except for the fact that I haven't slept. I'll tell you all about it when I see you. Why have you been trying to get me?
5: Well, there's been another murder, Vance. Peter White was killed. Do you know him?
4: No. He was in my office yesterday, but I was out. I spoke to him on the telephone, though. He told me that he'd been threatened by extortionists. I advised him to go to the police.
5: Well, he never did. And it's too bad he didn't... because there was a terrible struggle at his house sometime after midnight... And he's dead. Any clues, Markham? None of any importance. We know he drew $100,000 in cash from the bank yesterday, and that's gone. And we picked up his brother, who claims not to have seen the dead man in years. But that's all.
4: That might be enough.
5: You've had a tough night, Vance, but are you too tired to meet me at Mr. White's house?
4: There's been a murder, hasn't there, Markham? Believe me, I'm not a bit tired now. But I've another stop to make first.
5: Let me understand something, Mr. White. You and your brother hadn't been speaking for a number of years. That's right, Mr. Markham. Uh-huh. He
6: made money I didn't. Ten years ago, we had a bust-up. That's it. I see. Uh, when were you last here in your brother's house? I've never been here until this morning. Wouldn't be here now, except the police found where I live and got me here. Uh, who
5: gets my brother's money? He had a lot, you know. We don't know yet. His secretary's gone to his lawyer's for the will. You'll know soon enough.
6: He probably left her everything. He was always silly for a skirt ever since he was a kid. Bet you that Miss Collins gets plenty from him.
5: Perhaps. But I'd like to know who got him.
1: Well, Daddy, I'm here. You said to come early today and you'd surprise me.
2: I'll surprise you, all right.
1: A blonde mink surprise, Ricky? Maybe
2: later on, baby, but not now. Waiting for Harry to show up, and he's late now.
1: When he comes, do I get the mink?
2: Could be. Oh,
1: Daddy, you're wonderful.
2: What you mean is, I'll be wonderful when Harry gets here. If he gets here. I may be getting double crossed.
1: What happens then?
2: You know what mink coats are made of? Well, um, little pieces. Sure. That's the way they're going to find Harry if he crosses me. <laughs>
1: Vance's office.
4: This is Mr. Vance, Miss Henderson. Oh, yes, sir. Miss Henderson, do you know where to reach Mr. Markham? I
1: could try his office, sir. I
4: just tried, and he's not there. He's not at the home of the late Mr. White, either. In the event that he calls in, ask him to do me a favor, will you?
1: Oh, of course, Mr. Vance. What is it?
4: Ask him to find out what business the dead man was in. I've been checking all over town, and nobody has any idea how he accumulated all his money.
3: You were a little late, Harry, but you brought the dough, so it doesn't matter. Well, I overslept. Tough night last night, Ricky. But I brought $50,000 worth of doesn't matter, huh? That you did. Yeah. Did a good job of cooping vans up all night, didn't we? Oh, sure did. And when I dumped him this morning, he didn't have no idea of where he was or where he'd been. We kept him out of the way good, all right. <laughs> I
2: kept him out of the way all night while you went to collect from old man white. Well, let's split up this dough.
3: Yeah. Hey, you are. 20,000 for you, 30,000 for me. What? There we are. Hey, wait a minute. What's the matter with 50-50? That's what we were supposed to split. You weren't supposed to kill Peter White, but you did.
2: You do something you're not supposed to do, I do something I'm not supposed to do. Oh, but, boss, I... Well,
3: apparently I'm here just in time. Oh, boss, it's Vance, only only it can't be. He never could have... Shut up,
4: Vance, this is ridiculous. We had your eyes taped up. You couldn't possibly have known where we took you last night. Which is the reason you thought nothing of renting the room under your own name. That's how
3: I traced you here. Hey, boss, you were so sure he wouldn't know where we were hiding out. How
4: did you find us, Vance? What
3: do you want? Never mind
4: how I got up here, my friend. But you are entitled to know what I want. I want to break even on this case. You two held a gun on me last night and took me where you wanted me to go. I'm doing the same with you. You don't have to, you know, Vance, Uh... There's an awful lot of money here on the table. Part of it's yours, if you walk out of here right now. Sorry, I like it here. How much is there? $50,000. Oh, is that all? Where's the other 50000 What other the fifty? 000? Well, I know for a fact that Peter White drew $100,000 out of the bank yesterday. What? I imagine it was to pay you two, wasn't it? A hundred
3: thousand dollars, Harry. Oh, don't believe him, boss. He's trying to make us battle. I didn't get no hundred Gs. All I got is on the table. All, all you have to, have to
4: do it. is call the bank and find out how much White withdrew,
2: you know. I know, and you'd be a sap to come up here with that kind of story if it wasn't true. The other
3: 50,000, Harry. There wasn't any, boss. Honest, there wasn't. This was all he gave. You me. Little, oh, no no, no, no. Holding out
2: 50,000 on me, was he? Thanks for letting me take that poker in, Vance. He raided it. Holding on on me and knocking off the old guy. That wasn't part of this. you got to know that,
4: Vance. Do I? Yes. Apparently, there are a lot of things I have to know. I'm not satisfied I know them all yet. Look, Vance. I'm no chump. You've got us both.
2: Though so how you found out where we took you last night so you could trace us here, I don't know. But that guy White was N.G., you know where he got his dough? No, but the district attorney will be delighted to find out. I'll save him trouble. White was a racket king, Vance. He backed tough guys who wanted to set up gambling joints. The talk I hear is that he crossed the last guy and was on the spot. Now you're trying to tell me that a racketeer killed White. I'm not telling you anything. Chances are this punk Harry killed him, I don't know. I'm giving you information and
4: I'm, I'm trying to make a deal. You're wasting your time. Pick up your friend Harry and we'll get going to police headquarters.
2: Okay, Vance, but... Well, this is different. What is? Well, um, there happens to be a very good friend of mine in back of you right now, Vance.
4: A friend with a gun. It's quite possible. I thought I heard a door open a minute ago.
1: That really earns me my mink coat, Ricky.
2: You were a lifesaver, baby. You sure let Vance have it.
1: Did I kill him?
2: No, he'll be asleep, though, for a long time. Come on, let's blow this place.
1: Suits me. But how about that mean coat, Ricky? I'll
2: buy you two of them, baby, after this. Two of them, so you can keep real warm.
1: Okay. The second one isn't to keep me warm. It's to keep me quiet.
5: This is District Attorney Markham. The White murder case opened when Peter White was found dead. His murder undoubtedly the work of extortionists whom he feared. While White was being killed, Philo Vance was kidnapped, but released in time to start on a mission which resulted in a telephone call to me a few minutes ago. Apparently, Vance was hit on the head while tracking down his own kidnappers, and when he recovered, it was to find that one of them, named Harry, was unconscious on the floor beside him. He has brought Harry to headquarters, telephoned me, and I am about to meet Vance in the prison corridor right now. As soon as I get through this door, Vance should
4: Vance, hello Markham, glad to see you.
5: I'm delighted to see you. I've got so much to ask you and to tell you. Ask first, if you like,
4: and then we'll go see this Harry I brought here.
5: What I want to know is how you ever found the men who kidnapped you. You were blindfolded and shoved in a car, and yet you knew where you'd been taken.
4: Yes, I did. Fortunately for me, the car went straight south. I knew it was going 30 miles an hour, and I knew it stopped exactly five times for traffic lights. I drove my car at 30 miles per hour, and after I'd stopped for five traffic lights, I knew I was in the general vicinity of the place where I was held. Did you
5: see anything familiar that might have helped you?
4: Yes, I saw a hotel. I was brought up in an elevator the night I was kidnapped. During that elevator ride, I counted the seconds from the ground floor to where we stopped. I duplicated that procedure at this hotel and came to the ninth floor. But the room, Vance, how did you find the room they held you in? My sense of direction after I got off the elevator. I found the right room, Markham. I knew I was right because I'd scratched the woodwork while I was being held there. I found the scratch, found who rented the room, and arrived at the office of a man named Ricky.
5: <laughs> Vance, you continue to amaze me. Honestly, you do. <laughs> The rest you told me on the telephone, so I know how you got here. Now, let me tell you what I know. Please do. The dead man's brother doesn't expect to get a dime from the murder victim. He thinks all the money and property will go to White's secretary, a girl he called Miss Collins. That's all? Yes, I guess so.
4: What does this Collins girl look like?
5: I don't know. I've never seen her. Sergeant Heath questioned her before I got to White's house this morning, before they brought in White's brother, too, as a matter of
4: fact. I see. Well, let's go talk to this Harry individual, Markham. He's in the second cell right over here. I'm with you, Vance. This cell, eh? This cell, and that is Harry. Harry, do you feel like answering some questions? What kind of questions? You and Ricky were trying to extort money
3: from Mr. White, correct? What do you mean, trying? We did it. And killed Mr. White in so doing. Now look, once and for all, let's stop that killing talk. I didn't kill nobody. I got the dough from the old guy, and I scrammed. He was alive when I left him. Oh, of course. Now look, you whoever you are, I said I left him alive. Remember that. Ricky didn't believe me either. That's why he poked me one. It's still sore. Ricky ran out on you, you know, Harry. Yeah.
4: Left you on the floor unconscious so I could bring you here. Don't I know it. And ain't I sore about
3: that, too. Angry enough to tell me where I might pick him up? That I wouldn't know. All I do know is that he promised to buy his gal a mink coat. And baby ain't the kind of gal you say you'll do things for and then don't do it. Baby? That's right. She's the dame that tipped us off, to old man White. She worked with us on account of she was sweet on Ricky, and he promised to buy her a fur coat at Bixby's. We don't have very much there to go on, do we, Vance?
5: No,
4: but it may be enough. Markham, would you let me borrow Sergeant Heath for a while, please?
5: I'm sure he'll be anxious to cooperate, Vance. What do you want him to do?
4: I want you to go back to Mr. White's house while Heath and I go on a shopping tour. <laughs>
1: Come on, Ricky, darling, I'm all ready. It's about
2: time you got here. We've got to move fast. The longer I stay in this town, the hotter it is for me.
1: And the colder it might be for me. The mink coat, remember? Baby, I've been thinking. What about Daddy?
2: Well, Harry was awful sure he only collected 50,000 from old man. White. we know he drew 100 grand from the bank. What happened to the other 50 Gs?
1: Why ask me, Daddy? Oh, come on, let's go buy that coat, you promise. Baby... Maybe
2: Harry was telling the truth. Maybe he didn't kill old man White. Maybe you did. And grabbed the other 50,000 for yourself. Rick. Don't Ricky me. You could have done it. You planned this White thing with us. You knew the score every step of the way. Talk, baby. Did you kill White? Now,
1: Daddy, you know Stop better than strolling. to think did
2: that Did I... you do it? Did you? Oh,
1: Daddy, please. You know I wouldn't do anything like that to you. You knocked
2: off the guy and kept the other 50 grand, didn't you? Did you? Oh,
1: oh Daddy, Ricky, please... How could I cross you? You know I wouldn't. Ricky, darling, hit me again if you want to, but you've got to believe me.
2: Okay, okay. Now, we've got to blow out of here. Everything looks all right, but I've got a feeling. Come on, let's go.
1: Sure, Ricky, like, like you say, let's go. But let's get that mink coat first, Okay. <laughs>
2: Maybe you've been looking at mink coats for an hour. Make up your mind. I want to get out of this store and out of town fast.
1: Daddy, darling, you just don't walk in and buy a fur coat just like that. you got to look at it and blow on the fur like this. Make sure it's a good mink. I don't
2: care if it's a good or a bad mink. Get what you want and let's get out of here. Daddy,
1: you're so silly. Now step away from the mirror a minute. Okay. That's better kind of like the way this one looks, don't you?
2: Sure, sure, I like it. Take it, have it
1: wrapped, wear it out, do anything you want, but let's do it fast. Oh, you're so impetuous, Ricky. Okay. Oh, um, uh, I think I'll take this one. Uh,
4: I don't think either of you will take anything except a walk with me. Vance, not you again. This is getting to be a habit. Yes, isn't it? Look around you, Ricky. You'll see Police Sergeant Heath and a dozen men, so don't do anything foolish.
1: We're surrounded, Ricky.
4: Yeah. You and your mink coats.
5: Hello, Mr. White.
6: Uh, Hi, Markham. Come on in. Don't be bashful. This was my brother's house, but you and the police have been practically living in it
5: anyhow. I don't imagine I'll be here long. Philo Vance just telephoned me that he's brought a couple of suspects down to headquarters and is on the way here. By the way, we've found your brother's will. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. Where do I fit in it? You don't. You get exactly one dollar after the estate is sold. The rest of the money goes to charity.
6: Uh, It's just like my brother.
5: (laughs) Strangers get his money. Me, I don't get a buck. Well, you were wrong about his secretary. The Miss Collins you mentioned got nothing. Ah, well, in that case, I feel a little better about the whole thing now. Hello, Markham. Hi, Vance. Hi, Oh, this is Mr. White, the dead man's brother. How do you do? Oh, yeah. Well, Vance, I guess our case is about closed, isn't it? You picked up the head man, Ricky, and his girlfriend, I understand.
4: Just as I told you on the phone, Markham. Surprising thing happened. Sergeant Heath
5: recognized the girl. That's not so surprising. Heath knows practically every criminal in the city, male and female.
4: He didn't recognize her as a criminal, Markham. The girl with Ricky was Miss Collins, secretary to the
5: late Mr. White. Well, so this whole thing was a frame-up, eh, Vance? She was on the inside tipping off Ricky and Harry. So
4: it would seem. Seem like that to you, Mr.
6: White? Yeah, sure does. Only goes to prove, no blonde is any good. There's something in their blood, I guess.
4: I've never heard that opinion expressed before. Mr. White, I've been meaning to ask you this when you and I met. Where were you when your brother was murdered? I sleep in my room in the other part of town. Why? When did you see him last? Ten years or so ago, he told me, Vance. Yeah, that's about right. And when you
6: got here the morning of the murder, whom did you see and talk to? Me? Well, nobody. They brought me in a room and held me there practically all morning. The only person I saw was Sergeant Heath and a couple of cops until Markham got here. Are you sure? Look, I don't know what you're trying to do to me, but of course I'm sure.
4: Markham, who identified the body of the victim as Peter White?
5: This man here and the secretary, Miss Collins, as I understand it. But not at the same time, of course. You're sure Peter White had a brother? Positive. We checked on this man's story. Why do you ask, Vance?
4: Well, all I can tell you is that he is not Peter White's brother.
5: Now, wait a minute, Vance. Vance, if he's not Peter White's brother, who is he?
4: He's Peter White. What? And you can arrest him for murder, Markham. Further notes on the White murder case, please, Miss Henderson.
1: I'm ready, Mr. Vance.
4: Right. When Peter White was first threatened by extortionists, he formed a plan. In order to understand this plan, it must be known that White knew he was going to be put on the spot by a racket leader he had double-crossed. Our friend Ricky informed me of that just before his blonde girlfriend hit me with a gun.
1: I've got that, Mr. Vance.
4: Good. To continue. The extortion threat Mr. White received proved a wonderful out for him. He decided to send for his brother, whom he hadn't seen in years, murder the brother, and leave the body to be identified by his secretary as his own.
1: Mr. Vance, excuse me for interrupting... But didn't I understand that the secretary was working with Ricky and Harry?
4: White allowed her to do that. He wanted to make sure they would extort money from him, you see. Actually, she was double-crossing Ricky all the time. Oh. Mr. White drew $100,000 from his bank in cash. We knew that. $50,000 of it he paid to Harry, the extortionist sent by Ricky. The other fifty dollars he hid so that when the case was over and he was declared legally dead, he could have enough money to make a new start in another city.
1: I'm sorry to keep interrupting, Mr. Vance, but with all that property and everything Mr. White had, why would he give that up just like that?
4: He'd rather have his life than his property, Miss Henderson, and his plan guaranteed the underworld would think him dead. Now to continue. He paid Harry the $50,000, killed his brother whom he had sent for, and then went to the brother's room and waited for the police to call.
1: I guess I'm learning fast, Mr. Vance. In other words, he figured the police would find out about the extortion and believe that the extortionists killed him after he paid them the money they wanted.
4: He took no chance on the police not knowing. He came to me with his case, remember?
1: I sure do. There's one thing I don't know, though. What made you so sure that Peter White was posing as his own brother?
4: Well, Miss Henderson, that was rather simple. He knew Peter White's secretary's name, yet according to his own story, he had never met her, seen her, or heard her discussed. He knew also that she was a blonde. Peter White's brother wouldn't have known those things, but Peter White would.
1: No doubt about it. When
4: I learned that Peter White worked from his home, was rarely seen out anywhere, that he was in trouble with a gang leader, and that $50,000 was missing from the money we know he took out of the bank, I needed only the mistake he made in naming and describing his secretary to round out my theory
1: awful good theory it was too, Mr. Vance, now that the secretary confessed and everything you imagined was actually the truth. Not a bad day's work for you, Mr. Vance. Not bad at all.
4: Thank you, Miss Henderson. Thank you very much. Now we've come to the end of our notes, the end of the day, and the end of the white murder case.
0: Welcome back! I really am unclear how the Secretary's role in this whole plot was supposed to go. Now, I know that she was double-crossing the extortioners, and that was why she waylaid one of them with her demands for a, a fur coat. But if she was intending for them to get caught, then she would get caught too, and she had helped plan the extortion. This plan, in terms of her role as accomplice, seems like a bad deal for her, and also for Mr. White, because if she gets caught, then uh, she could come under pressure and tell what she knows. Plus, if she was double-crossing the extortioners, why did she hit Vance on the head after he'd already cornered them? Maybe she was just acting as a free agent and would kind of double-cross anyone and really did just want a fur coat. But if she wanted a fur coat, why not wait until she had gotten away with the uh, extortioner uh, boyfriend? Because New York City isn't the only place you can buy uh, a nice fur. I mean, you could have bought it in Chicago and actually bought it and had a less stressful shopping experience. So maybe I missed something, but uh, her role in this story seemed a little bit erratic. The way that Vance figured out where he'd been taken and eventually tracked down the crooks was interesting, and it's kind of a reminder why in these stories, typically uh, what's done is someone is taken for quote-unquote, a ride in the country. In the country, uh, you know, once you get out there, it's really hard to tell things like traffic lights. If you're going somewhere in the city and trying to keep someone Under wraps, yeah, that becomes a bit more of a problem. Though it also does seem like they kind of took minimal effort. uh, You know, given how concerned they were about Vance, they didn't do a whole lot to describe uh, where they were going. But at any rate, we turn to listener comments and feedback and have a comment on YouTube from SaySoft. SaySoft writes, you know, it's hard to believe that there was a time when someone could live on only $3,000 per year. It definitely can be amusing to hear uh, people in old time radio and old films talk about money and the uh level that they uh will go to and their reaction you know you listen to a sitcom and uh wife comes in and says oh look i bought a new hat well how much was it Oh, don't you love it, George? Yes, I like Yeah, it's a nice hat. Uh Looks kind of weird. How much was it? Oh, it was only $12. $12? $12? What do you think I am? Made of money? They're going to take the car and the furniture. Or you listen to a Western where if they don't raise $120, they're going to lose the ranch. And of course, my favorite classic funny moment in film has to be in It's a Wonderful Life, when George Bailey loses his mind for about a minute when Old Man Potter offers him the princely sum of $20,000 per year. We have definitely seen some inflation even before our uh, most recent uh, in 2022 challenges. Now, of course, you know, you can look at these numbers and you can, you know, get out a CPI calculator. You know, they've got them on the web. There's probably an app for it. But I just kind of assume based on the acting, you know, if somebody acts like an amount of money is a big deal, I'll just kind of assume, okay, it's, probably a big deal, at least to them and their income level. But that doesn't mean that I don't have those moments where I kind of slip out of the story and chuckle a bit when somebody is obsessing over something like $15. Now it is time for us to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. And I want to go ahead and thank BookGeek28, uh, Patreon supporters since December of 2021, currently supporting us at the Seamus level of $4 or more per month. Again, thanks so much for your support. And that will actually do it for today. If you are enjoying this on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. We will be back next Tuesday with a previously uncirculated episode of Defense Attorney. And of course, next Thursday, we'll be back with another episode of Follow Vance. But coming up tomorrow, we check in with the man with the action-packed expense account where...
7: Not bad. Jealous? Not me. You insurance boys can have it. Rather work on the force, huh? Uh, maybe it doesn't pay as well, but I know I can figure on a check every two weeks. Hang on, we turn here. Well, we'll have trouble making that turn. Cutting back at an angle that way, it's not too easy to figure. Now that Johanna, there's a woman who'd wring the sweat out of a man. Always got an eye out for a fast buck. I don't think she's going to be too happy to get that uncut canary back. Why is that? Well, the rumor around town is that it can't be cut. Flaws in it? Oh, the stone's clear enough, but some of them are just shaped wrong. Can't be split clean. Oh, Stone's liable to break in the dust if you try to cleave it. You think that's what's wrong with the uncut canary? Uh, she's had it hanging around her shop for over a year and a half. Bought it at a price way under the market. There's got to be some reason for it. Uh-huh. How much you figure the Stone would be worth if it could split? Uh, maybe a quarter of a million, give or take a little. Be easier to sell that way, too. This way, her money's tied up in it, and they say she's tight for cash.
6: Uh, who isn't?
7: I not know what you mean. Oh, that's her worry, not ours. Here's Adolf Beer's house. Let's go in and get it. What do you think, darling? Doesn't seem too anxious to turn it over now. Door's locked. No lights inside. Let's try the back. All right.
0: Hear that? It sounds like a car motor running somewhere. In the garage, maybe. I hope you'll be listening tomorrow to yours truly, Johnny Dollar. In the meantime, do send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and check us out on Instagram, Instagram.com slash GreatDetectives. And remember, if you've not already, to enter our uh, giveaway over at giveaway.GreatDetectives.net. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.